Welcome back to another exhilarating episode of Traveling Through the 80s with the 80s Kids. I'm your host, as always, Rich Oliver. And with me to my left always is Crazy Kyle Lentz. Hey, ho, hey, ho. I'm ready to go. And down there in the cellar is Dangerous Don Brown. How come he's to the left and I'm down in the cellar? I don't even know. That's a good good question. I used to get locked in the attic. That's where where I was. But I'll take (laughs) the left, the right, the top, the bottom. What was that? was a rubric in the in the yeah. cellar yeah <laughs> i feel like yeah that's right exactly right. basement but i'm here i am here we're here we're ready Good. Good. Awesome. And we're, we're back uh this week doing another uh another interview not a full show um yeah. but uh kyle you want to explain what we're doing this week Absolutely. Absolutely. Today we got a special guest, really excited. Um, Someone who has worked in the industry for a long time and has not only touched on uh, many of the properties that we grew up with, but properties outside of our our youth. I mean, some of the through the 90s into the early 2000s, you know, even as far back into the the 60s. So this is someone that's actually seen the industry for quite some time. uh, And I am pleased to present uh, and welcome to the show. Uh, writer extraordinaire Roby Gorin. Thank you so much for joining. Yeah, welcome. Well, I'm happy to be here, and um, I really go back even earlier. I mean, oh, my family was the first family in the neighborhood to have a television set. Oh, excellent. So <laughs> that was nobody else did. So, um, I used to right away, I gravitated towards. Television is what I was interested in as a kid, and uh, I would uh, watch uh, Milton Berle, mm. Sid Caesar, but they were past my bedtime hours, so I used to watch them through the crack in the door where the hinge <laughs> and the door was, and years and years later when I worked with Sid Caesar, which was an amazing experience, cool. and met Milton Berle, I told them how I used to watch them through a crack in the door. <laughs> and they were both abused. Nice. Oh, that's so, where did so, you get started? Like what? I, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go ahead. No, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying. Like, so now you, you, here you are uh, as a young kid. You, you've been introduced to television. What inspired you to get involved in television? What, what got you into uh, writing for TV? Well, initially, I wanted to. When I would see Milton Berlin said Caesar. I just, I wanted to be on TV. I wanted to be a TV star. And I remember in school one day, I was with some friend of mine. We were probably 10 years old. And I said, well, I'm going to, I want to be a movie, a TV star. And I, and I said, you want to be one too? He says, no. And I couldn't (laughs) believe it. Why everybody didn't want to be a TV star. I was a very naive little kid, but it really all started with my father. My father was not a jokester, but he would have friends over and he would talk to them just about whatever it was. And he would crack some jokes that were shocking. It was almost like it was written. I mean, I was startled by it. Was, he wasn't doing it all the time, but when he did it, it was just perfect, like uh, it was planned almost. And uh, that obviously affected me. So when I would go, when I would go to school and I wanted to, you know, get friends and all that, and I, my I, I lived in different neighborhoods. We moved a little bit more than most kids. And I find myself in a new school. I used very you know, primitive forms of comedy to make friends. <laughs> so that was really my start. Uh, what, was it like a shtick? Uh, 
he's like shtick or well, something. I mean, I, I like to think I wasn't annoying, but it was funny <laughs> enough for the kids to, to laugh. Um, yeah. And so, so that's how I started in comedy. And comedy has uh, really always been my interest, although I have written other kinds of shows. So um, I have some notes here. Uh, so my, my the interview could be whatever you want, but uh, sure. um, my, my story would be about myself as a comedy writer, but also someone who was always very interested in the technology. I was fascinated by how things worked on television. I'll tell you a little bit about that. Great. And, um, uh, but first a little bit about what a comedy writer is. My mm -hmm. philosophy is this, and I don't want to be uh, negative about people who write drama, but in theory, anybody can write drama. Now, of course, that's insulting people who write drama, but comedy <laughs> takes a skill beyond all that. Right. Uh, you have to make, you have to get laughter from an audience. Now, mm -hmm. someone could watch a dramatic film and sit through it and, you know, and uh, it's okay, it's a story, but if you if you go to a comedy movie or a television show and they don't laugh, uh, the writer's in trouble. So it, it, it's for a different kind of animal, the people who write mm -hmm. uh, comedy. Although in my career, I have written some things that were, were dramatic, but not much. Usually I was hired, no matter what kind of a show I worked on, uh, for my comedy because I was good at it. I and, still and laugh. You've seen I was it. an expert at it. You've seen mm -hmm. it evolve quite a bit over the years, too, over the decades, like how it's changed here and there, you know? I mean... Well, it did. When I was writing on Laughing, we were guaranteed 26 shows a year. And uh, and now I think, you know, it's like six shows if you're lucky. Yeah, yeah. It's really, yeah. Uh, right, uh, right. It's, I, especially when you're on a hit show like Laughing was, mm -hmm. I, I always knew I was coming back. So... In the summer, I could do whatever I want, and you know, I was coming back. So it was um, a really great experience for me. I, I kind of feel sorry for the writers who are dealing with these short uh, mm. orders that they're doing now. Mm -hmm. So, right. um, so, um, so I would, besides watching television, I would occasionally go to a television show here in Los Angeles. The oh, earliest nice. television show I remember I went to was Andy's Gang, uh, Froggy, Froggy the Gremlin. It was <laughs> at NBC, Sunset and Vine. Uh -huh. And I don't know anything about what went on in the show. I remember some kind of a commercial, and I remember seeing Froggy in, on stage. That's all I remember about it. And that now, was uh, my Was first that like a kid's show? Was that like a kid's oh, yes. program? Okay. Oh, it, it was. sounded uh, like it. That's what I was making sure. Sort of infamous. <laughs> if you Google it, it's, kind of, it's pretty bizarre. Yeah. But some old time comedians on it, like Billy Gilbert, who was wonderful on the Laurel and Hardy films mm, and right. at Hal Roach. He was wonderful. Oh, yeah. By the time he was doing Froggy Gremlin, I, I think he was doing it just for a gig, but it was always very funny. Uh, he would try to make a speech, and this frog would come up and and confuse him much more than that. So you just go to YouTube and look at Froggy Gremlin. Definitely. And uh, so that was one. And then, um, and then there was a local, a lot of local shows, of course, in those days uh, in Los Angeles. Um, there was one show called Peanut Circus. And I uh, wrote in as a kid, of course, and I wanted to write in for tickets, and I did. And they have contests. 
for the best crop. Now, let me see if I can do this properly. I'll show you the picture from Peanut mm -hmm. Circus. I got to sort of navigate. Where's Peanut Circus? Uh, where are you? Let me go to the right folder. This is. Uh, I didn't plan this as well as I should have. It's uh, <laughs> okay. Here we go. We don't okay. ever plan anything. <laughs> I, I, I just like. I'm going to share that now. Let me see if I can do it now. Go select it. Yeah, okay. So there I am. I'm on the very left. I'm number two. Do you see that? Oh, hold on. Let me see. It's not popping up here. Um, let's see. Huh. You, you know, sure. Yeah. yeah, it didn't pop up. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it it's not shared, but it's let's not shared. That's okay. Oh, okay. But you know, I what I I think is interesting is like you where you grew up in California, you had that option to go to live mm -hmm. tapings. Where we grew up in upstate yeah. New York, that would only be something we could ever do if we went on vacation to a a place like yeah. you know, L.A. or New York where they were filming live shows. I mean, it's almost like you were going to like a movie as a kid or something, but you're going to actually like a live <laughs> filming of a show. It's yeah. Well, you know, Howdy Doody was in New York most mm -hmm. of the time. And so that was a New York show, and you have no excuse not to go there. Let's, you know, the show is over with by the time you reach that age. And so I saw Andy's gang. Sure. I guess Touché. I won't show the pictures because it's not sharing properly. That's okay. Uh, share. I don't know. It seems like it wants uh, to. I'm oh, getting well. a, a thing here. Let me see. It just seems like it's uh, I'm getting just a little issue here with More. that. I mean, I, I am allowed to share, right? Yes. Yes, you should be able to. It should go through. What's um, that? Uh, so all I do is I click on share and I yep. go to photos. Yep, and then you should be able to click um, on the share option. Let me see. Photos. And then I'm getting into the right albums. Uh, all albums. And I go to Roby's podcast and there's the pictures. Make sure you, if you double click it, that usually helps too. Okay, so let me see if I can get the peanut circus. Show selected. Okay. Oh, then I <laughs> click on You see it now? Nope, still not popping. No, up. It's, did you? No. Hmm. Yeah. See it. It's okay. I'm sure no. it's great. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it is. Oh, Without it is. a doubt. Wonderful. Without a doubt. So, I, yeah. So, anyway, so I uh, will forget the pictures. Let me get out of that. So, um, but yes, there was tons of lo local shows here in Los Angeles. And then as I got older, again, I was always interested in comedy. So Soupy Sales mm -hmm. uh, left Detroit and came to Los Angeles and did his show. And uh, friends of mine, uh, we started the Soupy Sales fan club and we uh, <laughs> oh, were wow. able to get into the studio. For the Los Angeles, so we had a whole fan club, lifetime oh. membership. Little did I know, oh, awesome. our members, wow. lifetime membership. Team. Holy cow, yeah. very nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my funny, my girlfriend, my the girl in it, her mother hated me, and she thought I was getting her into something really stupid until she started seeing envelopes coming in with dollar bills in it. Oh, with um. Uh, so she changed her mind for a while. About <laughs> so right how quick. Until yeah. how many I, mem how uh, many members did you get in that club? So if it's something you formed, probably three or four hundred. Wow! Holy cow! Well, wow. back now, I'm sure. Yeah, he was very he was, popular. Yeah. yeah, he was. 
and if we were, uh, and then I, you know, stopped being president anymore. I was doing other things, including right. getting into TV. But I'm, it went on even after I was on the oh, no president. But we would, go, but we would go to the ta- to the tapings and live uh, productions. He would tape, I think, twice a week, and they do a whole week's worth of shows then. And it was a tiny little studio. One side was Soupy, the other side was uh, the news guy. <laughs> and as soon as Soupy was finished, the cameras would turn around, and uh, after the commercial, it would be Baxter Ward's news. And he was a very serious guy, so he started <laughs> the news while cleaning up all the custard pies <laughs> on the other side of the set. Nice. Uh, so, so, so that was, you know, again, behind the scenes. I was always interested in that. And then, um, and then as I got older, I was always uh, in plays and things like that. But again, it was always comedy. Comedy was what my I was I was interested in. And years later, when I went to a, a high school reunion, they said we always thought you would get into show business. But you know, I was really very lucky. So I got a job at the County of Los Angeles. Um, Divorce court, the marriage counseling division. So I, I suggest anybody who wants to get become a comedy writer on television, go to the get a, get a civil service job <laughs> at the divorce court. <laughs> that led exa- directly to my yeah. comedy writing career. Step one. So I'm, I have this. Jo- <laughs> I have this job. I'm about um, really 18 or 19 years old, right out of school, and I turn on the TV one Monday night, and it's laughing. Mm. Now, now, before that, I was trying to write sitcom scripts. I was so you're already with sitcoms. You're already working and like trying to be a working writer at this point. And, yeah, and, I was, okay. Uh, when I was 18, I started writing scripts for my favorite shows, which was The Monsters, mm. um, Green Acres, <laughs> yes, and, and believe yeah. it or not, My Mother the Car, which was a very misunderstood <laughs> yep. show. Oh they yeah, it was. Uh, horrific but it was really a spoof on all the ridiculous shows like the flying nun of its day so <laughs> but today it's, it's looked at as a uh, uh you know who could think of such a dreadful thing so <laughs> but none of them, I, I i couldn't get in with any of them except for green acres hmm. uh dick chevrolet read my script he was the writer one of the writers producers of green acres and he called me in and he said you know CBS wants us to do another show, another pilot, and if we do it, if it sells, uh, we need somebody else to help write our scripts, you know, and, and you could do it. Hmm. Turned out they didn't sell the show, and uh, I, that opportunity went away. So my interest hmm. was more in sitcom writing, hmm. not uh, in variety show writing. But so again, we skipped to about nine months later, and I turned, so I see Laughing. I had no contacts. Uh, really, nobody in show business was in my family, so I, uh, but someone said I should find my, should put together my best jokes and send them in. So on the way to work at the courthouse, I took the bus, and uh, <laughs> I would write jokes on a yellow tablet, and I would always hide it from people. I didn't want people to see what I was writing, so I always had the top part covered, because I didn't want anybody to know what I was into. So I wrote and wrote and wrote. On the way to the bus, uh, when I got to work, I type it up during my breaks, and during my lunch, I wrote some more, and then I got my ten best jokes, and I still have that notebook that I typed. <laughs> oh up no, kidding! That's awesome. I I I sent them in 
I'm three by five cards. So I thought that's what you're supposed to do uh, to George Schlatter, the executive producer of Laughing. And uh, the very next day, I got a phone call from George. So I'm answering the phone at the marriage counseling department. And I say, <laughs> conciliation court, may I help you? And sitting across from me are all these failed marriages, uh, husbands and wives. And, you know, <laughs> and all of a sudden, I said, this is George Schlatter. And I, and I immediately said, I'm just a minute, I, I put him on hold because I couldn't talk about this stuff in front of failed marriages. You know, I have a pretty loud voice. And they right. didn't hear me. So I went right. to the extent, another it's office. Cons with considerate of you. Yeah. yeah, but he thought I was putting him on. I was very naive about everything in those days. And I really was being very honest. I, I couldn't talk there, you know. So he thought, my God, he was the biggest comedy producer in Hollywood yeah. at that point. And he thought that this kid has some nerve. So I answered <laughs> the phone in the other office and we talked and he says, well, can you come and, and, and meet with us? I said, sure, you know. And he said, well, what would be a good day? How about tomorrow? I said, well, I knew all the bus schedules. I knew where his office was as well. I could take the 81 bus and I could be there at 249. So he thought I was putting him on with the bus. When he started <laughs> telling the story... When George is at uh, conventions, and by the way, he has a new book out, George Schlatter, whenever I'm there with him, and he would tell these very funny stories about how he discovered me. He said I was so young that my mother had to drive me to work every day. And of course, <laughs> and, it, and the last time he told it uh, was I was six years old. He started when I was young. <laughs> so he kept uh, changing the story. So, uh, so I meet with him and Dan Rowan and uh, uh and uh, they say, who wrote it? George says, who wrote this? Have you have a funny sister? No, she's not funny at all. And uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, they, they offered me to, to be on laughing. And I said, do you want to do it? I said, sure. But the interesting thing was Dan Rowan. Dan has had been, and George too, has been through the hell of entertainment business. And here I had a real nice civil service job. And he said this to me, you know, are you sure you want to do this? You have a civil service job. You're going to have a retirement and all that. Of course, I didn't even know what retirement was at that age. <laughs> right. But so you sure you really want to do this? And I said, yeah. And so I, I have to always respect Dan for uh, not, you know, on camera and writers can have a pretty lumpy career. Right. I was lucky. I always worked on uh, after laughing. So, so there I was on laughing. As a writer. How old were and, you at uh, this point? I was uh, 76. No. <laughs> I was, uh, well, I you was, look uh, great. 19 or 20. Oh, wow. 19 going on 20. Okay. Yeah. You really right. got right. that. Yeah. 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 That's, that's awesome. Right. Yeah. Crazy. That's amazing. Well, it really was. Uh, if I could show you a picture, I have a picture of me and the other writers. I really, I look like I'm 13 years old in this one picture. <laughs> now, how um, long had Laughing been on at this point when you finally got into that? It was uh, the second year. I mm -hmm. decided I wanted to do it. And then the second year is when. Uh, oh, nice. I sent the pictures in. I have pictures. The, uh, the, the jokes in, I'm sure it was during the first year, or maybe it was the beginning of the second. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, 
because I was trying other. I, I, I don't know why I waited so long. So now I'm a little confused about it. But, <laughs> I, I, uh, it's but, okay. But, but, but it, was, it certainly was by the second year. Mm-hmm. And you know, I used to have fantasies that I would be in the courthouse and. Uh, all of a sudden, the cast of laughing would come in and take me away. Well, this is pretty about about what happened. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. With all, wow. these, all the comedy writers, or certainly many of the comedy writers in, in Hollywood, including uh, William Morris' agent clients, wanted to write on that show. Mm. And here, this you know, nothing, no nothing. You know, here I am, and uh, this I little have kid me with the other writers that <laughs> I can't show you, but. Um, so uh, um, it was uh, an amazing experience. And Absolutely. while I was there, I was always interested, as I said, the technology. And uh, when I would be at NBC, uh, uh, headed for the studio, uh, I'd hear the, uh, the upstairs editing facilities where, where they were editing the videotape. And I would hear these men and women automated voices saying, one, two, three, four, five, six. And, I, and I'm sure you're familiar with that editing system. Uh, it was the, how they would uh, get their guidance for uh, for uh, where to cut the tapes mm-hmm, or right. to yeah. uh, or at least um, overdub the tapes. Right. So so downstairs is where we had four editors who were uh, uh, editing the kinescopes because that's what they would edit the kinescopes of the master tapes and get it down to time and then. Um, uh, perfect timing, and then they would send it over to the, the suite, the uh, audio facility, which was Glen Glen at the time, and that's where we would uh, add the laughs. We had the laugh track guy there. Uh, Douglas was the, was the guy who did our laugh track. Very, he did tons of shows, and uh, and then they do, we do the mix. When I I didn't go too often, but both times Dan Rowan was there. He for whatever reason would go there and supervise the mix. Whether he always did it, I don't know. Then mm-hmm. he sent it back to uh, to the uh, four editors and, and and two editors at a time would work on a show, and they would confirm that to the two-inch tape where they physically cut it with right. razor blades and microscopes yeah. using the the fluid and all that. And all that right, which is crazy. Me. I mean, what a process. Yeah, you absolutely. Know? <laughs> you know, it really wasn't possible to do that in those days there were about 300 edits but art schneider who perhaps you guys have heard of perfected a way to do it this way with the razor blades and all of that if it wasn't for a lot of people including art schneider we couldn't have done the show that way Mm because i mean these are very short edits right and uh and if you didn't get it right we i think they worked on the dub but still it was uh, not a good thing to had the picture roll, they'd have to go back and whatever they had to do, but they, they did it right. And they had a very mm-hmm. short time to finish it and then uh, satellite it to New York, often the day <laughs> of the show, and it got on the wow. air in the breadth of time. I, I, wow. I, guess, so, I guess just because looking back at those older shows with the old videotape and everything, and I was so young seeing a lot of like reruns of that stuff, it always felt like that was live. Like it right. wasn't taped. Agreed. It felt like it was happening right then, you know? Yeah, agreed. That's how I felt. And I really did. And if you were in the studio, it was the electricity was all over the place. The comedic electricity. It was, it was, you know, not too many people are still around who were in that studio, but it was electric 
experience in there. There were movie stars coming in, you know, to do their cameos. And it was a really exciting place to be. Hmm. I've been on many other shows where we had a wonderful family and a lecture, but nothing was like laughing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so uh, it and it's, it's less, it's left quite a lasting experience. impression, too, because, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, people still know yeah, laughing, right. even, I mean, you know, young well, kids they, don't they, know they, what it is. Well, they do and they don't. So uh, <laughs> there's a bakery around where I live called Bellwood Bakery, and they, 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 they knew I found out I was a writer. What did you write? I said, laughing. And the, 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 they were totally, you know, huh? Laughing. When I said I wrote Ninja Turtles and He-Man and some of these other shows, they <laughs> right. said, wow. So I'm a That's big hero, right. not for my live so-called live stuff for my animation in those cases yeah. and um so it was uh, kind of funny uh some people remember it vividly especially if they saw the nickelodeon version which was a cut down version and lots lots of right. teeth in that cut down version because right. they cut out all the topical stuff and all mm-hmm. that yeah so it was uh it was uh so later on, when I got into doing uh, e-commerce, I'll, take, I'll get into that later. My the people who made it were the decision makers are often the kids. When I was writing my cartoons, said, wow, you wrote that, you got the deal, you know. But it was uh, <laughs> it was really funny that. Um, but when I when I have gone to some of these laughing events, I will run into some young people. And one guy met me in the parking lot and said he wanted my autograph. I said, well. My God, you're like 18 years old. What do you know about that? But but he he was a fan, mm-hmm. and so it's mm-hmm. it's funny, and it truly was a groundbreaker. Laughing was mm-hmm. listed by the Writers Guild as one of the hundred most um, best written comedy shows. But right. a lot of people don't remember it. But um, I, I remember I was at a party with a friend of mine, and uh, a guy came over uh, while we were writing Laughing. He says, you know, he was a former Laughing writer. And he said, you know, I'm starting a new show in New York. It's going to be live on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> yeah. And uh, would you guys like to write it? We, we thought to ourselves, yeah, sure. You know, that's not going to last. <laughs> and, uh, hey, right. I know. And, uh, and, of course, he's still doing that right. show that wasn't going to last. Uh, uh, and uh, I remember when Hee Haw came on, you know, mm-hmm. he said, boy, that's a ripoff. That's never going to last. And Hee Haw went on forever. And right. he started using computers to uh, organize and uh, their shows and, and 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 do it very efficiently, uh, even into the editing section of their show. Mm-hmm. So, uh, again, uh, the technology always interested me. Um, and also, I mean, I know what you guys want to talk about, but... Um, uh, I'm 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 loving it. I no, just want to listen to you tell this um, stuff. Yeah. Well, now, so well, you enjoy yeah, sitcom writing. So you know what what led you now that now that say Laughing has moved on. You know I, I'm you know what yeah. what did you move to after Laughing? What was like one of the first sitcoms you did following Laughing? I think I did Tony Orlando and Don. Okay. Okay. Yep. All right. And, um, and I also wrote for Hollywood Squares. Yeah. And the, yes. and the good news, Love the good news on Hollywood Squares is that I got an Emmy for it. And the oh, bad awesome. news, it was it was because it was bad news that it was for Hollywood Squares. <laughs> uh, it, really, it, it, it really wasn't a the, the tapings were fun and they treated the writers really nice, mm-hmm. but it just wasn't a fun job for me. 
Mm. So I stayed on it for a while. So I wrote so I wrote all kinds of shows. I wrote game shows. Hmm. Uh, uh, I wrote uh, sitcoms, Three's Company. But how, how are you? How are you writing the game shows? I don't understand. Are you just? Are you? So I always thought those people were doing it off the cuff. I like on Hollywood Squares. Well, and stuff. Uh, uh, well, in the case of Hollywood Squares, Peter Marshall had a stack of uh, uh, cars in front on his podium, and they were lined up like squares. Peter, uh, 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 Paul Lins was in the middle, and, right. and, yeah. uh, and the other ones were there. So the square celebrities, they didn't know what the question was, but they were given their bluff answers for that question. They knew the first uh, time they're called, mm. they had a bluff answer for that. Uh, in the case of Paul Lynn, however, he had his <laughs> bluff answer, but he also had his gag. And the mm -hmm. gag made no sense to him until the, the question was called out. <laughs> so you, if you watch him closely, he was laughing at the joke as much as the audience because it made no <laughs> sense to him until he oh, read man. it. And he, he never really gave credit to the writers. And I guess that's how some people are. But he right. never said, I, yeah. whereas others had... Uh, do give credit for the writers like Lucy and people mm -hmm. like that, but he, uh, but he was a great, he gave great deliveries. Well, whenever I see on the internet, boy, this is there's enough some great lines from Paul Lynn. I'll, I'll sometimes jump in and say, no, they were from writers, and uh, and, and, and other game shows. <laughs> That's mine, like me, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did that. I wrote that. And 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 then Heater Quigley, who produced Hollywood Squares, they um, had other game shows. And uh, I, I, they had me write some of those mm -hmm. just so the, um, to find a way to make it funny. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I can't remember specifically what I would write, <coughs> but maybe it was a multiple choice. And the third choice would be an obvious gag. So mm -hmm. it made the, the uh, um, Wink Martindale or whoever was delivering the lines or Alex Trebek, by the way, he was <laughs> one of our host on one of the shows, uh, he would get a laugh out of the third. You know, was it this, that, or, or a piece of salami, or yeah. whatever the <laughs> third one option was. And, and then I got a call from, uh, there was a show called Joker's Wild. Have you ever heard mm -hmm. of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well, classic game um, show, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and that was the same guy that did, you know, the, the, quiz, the quiz scandal um mm. It was good old, uh, what's his name? My God, how can I forgot his name? But he was a very interesting guy. And I told him when I met him that, uh, that what I saw in the Quizco, Quiz Show Scandal movie, mm -hmm. uh, tw uh, 21, was really mm -hmm. ridiculous. I said there was no reason for that uh, to be uh, to be uh, subjected to that. It was just show business. And, that, and everybody right. was doing it. In fact, so was Hollywood Squares. We had a very fine print uh, on the and the credits, the smallest possible, where it says that they may have been given um, bluff answers and other things. But what we didn't mm -hmm. say was, you know, was that where they were given uh, uh, the gags too. And in some cases, you actually were given the answer. In the case of uh, mm -hmm. Cliff Arquette, Charlie Weaver, who was a Civil War expert, as he got older, he couldn't do it anymore. So we act when the when when the when the when the, when the, when the NBC um, uh, censors would leave the the, um, the his dressing room after he was given the bluff answers. They would give him the actual answers for the uh, 
questions, uh, yeah. which was definitely against mm. the law. I mean, at least right. against their rules. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, it kind of um, defeats the purpose. <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Yeah. And then, and then I and then I wrote other stuff too. I mean, I mean, I wrote. Uh, usually it was comedy, but at, at, at a certain point, I got a call from my agent and said they're looking for writers for for Fat Albert. Oh wow. Cartoon. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, would you want to go in and meet with them? And I said, no, I don't know how to write <laughs> cartoons. And I certainly don't know how to write that peculiar language that those characters are using. I didn't think it was real. It was sort of a. <laughs> how how do exactly and all that. You know? <laughs> yeah. What was that? Mushmouth. <laughs> yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. But I went in and I, he really, they were looking, they were looking again for comedy. They had a lot of usually in the cartoon days when when I was doing that, writers who were just getting started would be writing that, and they most likely they were not comedy comedy writers. They would write stuff. So they 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 liked the idea of me being on that writing on that show to make it funnier. After all, it was Bill Cosby's show. Yeah, was that with uh, Lou Scheimer? So, uh, yeah, Lou Scheimer. Mm-hmm. You know. It was such a difference going into, so they had hired me because they liked my first script. And uh, it was so funny working in animation because it was controlled by the animation union mm-hmm. and the people that had the most expensive cars in the parking lot were the ink and paint department no because they were paid <laughs> by the hour. So I had to fill out timesheets every day, which I thought, my God, we never did this in life, you know, and the other things. But I, I was I, I was good natured about it. I said, all right, uh, fine, you know, I'll, I'll do the timesheet. But it was very odd. They, when I would finish a script, Arden Adele, who was in charge of the writer, said, well, do the next one. Like I was like two hours left in the day. Give me a break, you know. I just turned this script in, and uh, also, so I decided to kind of get back. I I did what I had to do, but we did have by the union rules, I think twenty minute breaks in the morning and the afternoon. So I would take naps during those periods, and they come into my office, and my legs were sticking up from under my desk, and uh, but it was a wonderful experience because. Uh, besides uh, writers like me, they had the storyboard artists there who were just amazing. They really were amazing for, for that for filmation. They were, yeah, they were, uh, and they loved my scripts because uh, while I thought I couldn't write comedy, I actually, I mean cartoons, I actually did like it because I could call the camera shots. When you're writing a sitcom, especially in those days, mm-hmm. if you call, you just write the dialogue. If you put in camera shots and movements and things like that, you get chewed up by the director. <laughs> and I, I had been, so I, okay. I, I really like calling the shots, wide shot, medium, and all of that. And they like getting my scripts because I quickly learned the method of doing it. I mean, I could have been a director from what I learned from mm. writing cartoons. Yeah. yeah, right. And and I. We did try to get into the union. The Writers Guild wanted us to be in the union. We went to the NLRB and we won the case. And then when it was appealed by the animation studios, they said, no, you know, we really, the writing is really done by the storyboard artists. And, you know, years ago it was, hmm. but we were writing the same kind of scripts for the mm-hmm. cartoons. So we went to, we won it. And then uh, Ronald Reagan's Washington, D.C., uh, NLRB 
or I do it. That's a football thing. Anyway, uh, <laughs> they reversed it. So I'm, I'm not yeah. a fan of Ronald Reagan. Um, so, uh, so that was um, that. So we, I, I, while I didn't get uh, residuals except from France, as they, they, any show that's really? shown in France for cartoons, they say, I don't care whether you're under contract or not, the writers are going to make some money nice. for residuals. So I, I get it from that. It wasn't much, but it was sort of nice that somebody, yeah. some country, yeah. respected the creative right. person. So, uh, absolutely. You know, with this Writers Guild strike that's going on now, mm. you know, if, if it wasn't for the Writers Guild, uh, 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 there wouldn't be uh, uh, anything. Yeah. No, no, no health insurance or anything. Right, so you couldn't. And, and, and my pension, you couldn't support yourself, which I never thought I would ever thought about. But there it was—a pension because of the writers' guild. So, mm. um, strikings are very important. Mm -hmm. um, you know, the we would we would spend a couple of weeks writing a script. The, the voice actors would come in. They spend maybe a half hour recording it, and they wow. would get residuals, and we wouldn't. Oh my God. Right? Yeah. Because uh, all that effort uh, you put they, into they it, were, they were union. So, uh, but the other thing that was so wonderful about my entire career was meeting some of the uh, people like um, uh, famous writers from the past. When I was writing Tony Orlando, the head writers were or the two of the writers on the Jack Benny show. And I was mm. a big fan ah. of Jack Benny. Wow. So they were the guys who were, you know, made the main writers and guided us through those scripts. And then nice. later on, um, I got on a show called Mr. T and Tina, which was considered one of the biggest flops on television. But, you know, we never know what show is going to be a flop or not. Right. Yeah. We always have that. We're childlike. We always try to do our best. But anyway, it was produced by... Madeline, uh, 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 Madeline Q. Um, Davis and her partner, um, uh, her partner, uh, Bob Carroll Jr. And they were the writers of I Love Lucy, of course. Okay, right. That's so pretty I awesome. I was able to, it really was, uh, it was like, you know, I used to, when I was a kid, I used to watch the I Love Lucy show, of course. And I would always read the screen credits at the end as if I was the announcer. I don't know why I did that. And I would always you know, put, say their names as a kid. Yeah. And uh, so there there I was working with them. I also met Mark Daniels, who directed the pilot of I Love Lucy. I have a picture oh, wow. of him and me, too, that I'm not showing you. And we really got along. So he was one of our directors on the Alice show. That's what the show was that they were involved with. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, and Bill Asher, who did the Bewitched, uh, mm -hmm. was married to a uh, star of Bewitched. So I met all these wonderful, really talented people, including David Panich on Laughing, Mark London, who come from years and years of experience of mm -hmm. being writers. And uh, so there I am, you know, just this is my career, you know, going, going, and going, and going. And I'm, I'm writing so much animation, it was like writing pulp fiction, even though I was really good writer and i was always hired looking back my, in, in many ways my animation writing was the most was the best stuff i did in some ways because i was writing it one after another like a pulp writer mm -hmm. and uh very much in demand and uh it was a uh, it was a uh, uh, interesting experience especially when cartoons who i was only writing for a weekly paycheck no residuals became so popular mm. i've been to uh, 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 uh conventions uh, he-man 
Ninja Turtle conventions, mm-hmm. and one father by the son to the desk. Most people ignore the writers; they want to see the artists. But <laughs> there were those who understand there are writers behind mm-hmm. this whole thing. And they came to me and they and they said, "This is the guy that wrote your favorite He-Man." It was an episode called "The Greatest Show on Eternia," and yes. He-Man purists hate that show. I but love that one. That's do. where Beast Man is has the human face, and you know, well, you know. So, oh, so when I finished doing Fat Albert, I, I love figured, it. that's the end of that. We finished, I did the last Fat Albert. I said, well, goodbye, everybody. I said, no, we want you to stay. We want you to write He-Man. You know, I would see his pictures on the wall. I had no idea who he was. And I thought it was rather odd to have such a muscle-bound guy in this studio. I didn't know what it was. He was learning on for a year. So he wanted me to write He-Man because he wanted some comedy into that, you know? So I stayed on and I wrote He-Man. And one of the episodes, some, I wrote three of them, and uh, one one of them was, uh, um, okay, one. I, so what I did was, they gave me the Bible of He-Man, and over the weekend I had a, and some scripts, and it was a thick Bible that made no sense to me, <laughs> I had to come up with story ideas the next week. So what I did was... I, I put uh, He-Man was was in my mind was Fat Albert with muscles, Mushmouth was Orko, and I just changed and I put I think uh, one of them was one of the other characters in a dress, you know, because none of it made sense to me. Uh, you know, Man at War is that a name, you know? And uh, so that's how I got away with that. And then finally, I was hired away by CBS to be the story, story editor on the Bernstein Bears. Mm-hmm. Um, a so long-running was, show. Uh, oh, yeah. And uh, in that case, I got a phone call from the story editor that Bernstein's were going to pull the show from CBS because they were getting the, the first scripts and they hated them. He says, can you, can you do one? I don't know why they asked me, but they did. And I wrote a script. And they were so impressed, they flew from their farm uh, from Pennsylvania to meet me. And, was, uh, and it was even more weird. They weren't in a plane. They literally flapped their arms and, and arrived <laughs> in, in Hollywood. But uh, they were really impressed with me. And I got along with them so well. And uh, so there was that. That's awesome. Um, so it's all these. It was a, really a oddball career I had. And I even uh, was in charge of promos at CBS Local News where, when Connie Chung was hmm. was oh, a celebrity okay. there. I was putting together promos on three-quarter-inch tapes. Uh, I, I had like 30 minutes to get the footage and get them to the uh, editor, and we would just do it somehow in 30 minutes. And, and, and uh, Connie would get a big laugh out of me carrying all these three-quarter-inch tapes into the studio. I mean, that's what, that was my job, but she thought it was funny. So, <laughs> I mean, you, you've run the gamut of just about every type of yeah. uh, writing. I, I, I was going to say, just, I, I, it's, I, it's, it's amazing that you <laughs> have been in this industry since you were 19 years old. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it really is. And now I'm 20. No, right. I'm so, older <laughs> than that. Now, this green screen I have behind me, Sort of brings out my wrinkles, but uh, so far I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and along the way, uh, I, I I I I did public access and how for writers and how to uh, use computers to write scripts. <laughs> and I, nice. I have a videotape somewhere. I I know where it is. And it's how uh, I was explaining. Uh, people came in and were explaining Microsoft Word and mm. this new gadget called a mouse. 
That's how far <laughs> yeah. back that goes. Wow. <laughs> but I ended up teaching uh, some famous people how to use a computer to write their scripts. Oh, and they introduced Microsoft Word on that on that uh, event. We were using some CPM program to write scripts in those days. So along, so I became sort of well known as a good person to learn how to write scripts with. So I I I I, I, I taught. Uh, um, um, George Schwartz, who did uh, 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 the uh, uh, what should we call it, the uh, the uh, Gilligan's Island and Brady yeah. Bunch, Brady I Bunch. Him yeah. how to use a computer, yeah, and other people. <laughs> and then one day I got a call from somebody. He said that he needs to learn too. He heard about me, so I went to his house in Brent in the Bel Air, not a fancy house. I go into his living room and on the on the wall are these posters, uh, singing in the rain, hmm. um, uh, all these famous musicals. It was Stanley Donan, and I really hmm. had no idea who he was, <laughs> but I I caught on pretty quickly because he was there and he, and he was of course the uh, co-director or whatever his co-credit was, and I was and I was just shocked, you know, that I would be oh. teaching him yeah. how to use a computer. <laughs> It's crazy in his later later years. So <laughs> I've had a fascinating career it is, in yes. the entertainment business. But finally, you know, as I said at the beginning of this thing, being a comedy writer, uh, very rewarding. When I'm outside and I look at people talking, within five minutes, like friends, you'll see one of them laugh or one of them smile. They mm -hmm. might be very serious. But if you keep keep an eye on the other Starbucks or something, or a group of people, at some point they're going to smile yeah. or even laugh. So it shows yeah. you how important comedy is. So, um, but still, mm -hmm. it was a lot of work, and I really finally I told my agent I I, I don't want to do it anymore. I was I, I, because of my computer interest, I, I built some websites for people using mm. some early technology wow. in those days. And I was uh, enjoying it, you know. I mean, you, people would say, to me, "You mean you gave up show business to write the build the websites?" And I said, "Yeah." yeah. And uh, finally, I got a phone call from my agent. Says, "You know, there's a, a cartoon they really want you to write. I don't want to do it anymore." You know, I've had I was always good at doing things for other people. I said, "I, I don't. I just don't want to do it anymore." But I did right. one more for the guy that was the producer mm -hmm. of Alf. Uh, oh, neat! Uh, that show but it was a cartoon version. <laughs> Yeah, something. I don't remember. That's awesome. So, I, I got still wanted even after those years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was uh, so I met all these, all these diverse things from game shows to mm. laughing and sitcoms mm -hmm. and 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 all kinds of stuff. And, yeah, I mean, um, I, I love times. I, I yeah, love the ahead. writing that you did on Bill and Ted's. Excellent Adventures, the animated series. It was yeah. one of my favorites from that that time. I, I thought that was... Well, uh... well, that was, of course, the Bill and Ted cartoon. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's another thing. You just never know what show is going to be a hit, even in the world mm -hmm. of cartoons. I right. would look at re uh, people who be, you know, 30 years later were reviewing one of my cartoon shows. They say, boy, what a piece of crap. He <laughs> took jokes from shows that were, were, were aired earlier. He, little did they know <laughs> these shows were aired out of order, and they were... Right from me, right? Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so it was, right. um, um, uh, and then in the case of Heem Ham, uh, a guy wrote a book. A good friend of mine became a good friend. He was saying, you know, that you know, the worst script of all, you know, was 
was the greatest show on attorney. <laughs> but he did say in his review that I, he did laugh. And now we're, we're good friends. You know, whenever I see him at an event, you know, I we take pictures where I'm crying and he's pointing at me, holding his nose. But a lot of people <laughs> like that show. I really have big fans of that show. Yeah. But uh, uh, so, uh, so then I got into e-commerce and uh, built sites for people, uh, and I did pretty good. And uh, then I got into Shopify, which is a very uh, mm-hmm. wonderful platform. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's what I do for. So I have. I, I do. I don't do a lot of them anymore. I just do for those who I who pay me a lot of money. So, but I, uh, I uh, understandable. I, uh, if, hey, if you got it like that, by now they should be right. Jeez. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and some of them heard of He Man and Fat Albert and all these shows and Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventures and, <laughs> and all these crazy things. So, um, so that's where. Uh, so, so then I told you that I was. I would. My, I would do puppet shows when I was a kid. Did I tell you that? That was in my notes. Mm. But I did. My mother would make little curtains for my little puppet stages, and uh, I would do puppet shows. So my next project, believe it or not, uh, is going to be a puppet show that will be on the uh, internet. Oh, cool. And uh, I did a version of it years ago, and I said, you know, I'm going to do it again. Uh, I'm sure I'll make a fool out of myself. But you know something? Uh, you do what you want to do. And yeah. I'm going to do this show, and I, I'm sure I'm going to get, you know, with all the bullying that's going on in the internet, right. I'm sure I'm going to be insulted down to, you know, to my underwear because of uh, they're going to say what a jerk and what a stupid show. But well, I have you see some of the other stuff they put show. out there. Hey, if it makes I mean, you happy, right? Yeah, that's all it that matters. Yes. You know, do something that you enjoy. And you, know, you got three fans already. Yeah, exactly. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll, exactly. I'll definitely be watching it for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's Absolutely. what it would be. Because I, I don't. I, I, so I'm, I'm getting this green screen is part. Can you see my green cool. screen at all? Yeah, I see the yeah. picture of so that. He, the yeah. screen, that's the start of it, and I have the puppets are being built. That's and awesome. I'm getting my. When when are you looking? Uh, when are you thinking that's going to happen, and you're going to release it then? It'll be. Uh, could be another month or two at least, mm, okay. and I don't know if this is a, a problem with the Writers Guild strikes. Uh, so I got to be uh, a little careful when I sure because this is YouTube, but I, and I, I'm yeah. sure they're they're on the strike list, so I'm not quite mm. sure. <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah, I got to make sure I'm not going against the rules. Or they'll take away all my Emmys and all my... Uh, well, wouldn't that be right. something? Don't need that. After, after all these years, you're brought down by a puppet show. Jesus! You know what? <laughs> yeah, doing a puppet show. Yeah. So uh, That's it. That's it. I, I really can't wait, because uh, I had fun doing it before, but now I'm going to do it a little different way. Fast yeah. pace and nice. the way it's being done Sounds now. awesome. Yeah, and so that's... Uh, that well, I, well, that's I, it. I, yeah, I, I think so, I covered everything. Yeah, we'll I'm so happy. You, you, Cinder Marty Croft, Cinder Marty Croft, you know. Yes. Yes. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Versions Land of their of shows. Yeah, all those. I, I had a long, long uh, run yeah, they with had, them. They had a lot of yeah. shows out. Yeah. HR Puff and stuff. Sig- yeah. Sig- uh, Sigmund uh, and the uh, Sea Monsters. Yeah. yeah. A lot of those. Yeah. Tons yeah. of stuff. I did versions of those shows, mm. and uh, it was it was really really fun too. I, so what a I can imagine. career I've had. Yeah, absolutely. And I never planned it. I never thought about it when I was doing it. It was just one thing after another. Now and I it worked out. Here I am on this podcast. 
Yeah. Well, sometimes often called the puppet show too. Yeah. We're kind of like a puppet show. Yeah. No, I mean, I appreciate you giving us all the time you did. It was. Yeah. uh, Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. How many hours has it been so far? (laughs) Five, but we've got lots of time. Right. right, Just five. Yeah. So, but is there anything else you want to know? I, I can't imagine what else I could blab about. Yeah, I mean, Roby, I, I, um, the, I, I did. You, you said you had your ten, your top ten great jokes for laughing. Do you have one of them? Yeah. What was the top one that you? You know, it's weird. I, I, I wish I knew which ones they were. I do have the actual notebook. I typed all these things in. I know one of them was, was one of these little things that went across the bottom of the screen. Uh, Lenin's grave is a communist plot another one was curb another one that went across the bottom screen was curb lassie <laughs> now i have other jokes check marks in that notebook which i still have but they don't seem that funny so i, I don't know which ones the the other ones were and uh, i don't know whether george hey, they were good enough has to get you on that show but right yeah it was uh amazing to go in there you know yeah. who would be in the hallway uh, wanted yeah. to do the show. I remember walking down the hallway. There was Jack Benny getting his makeup on, and he was really a hero to me. Yeah. I should mention that as a, a younger, uh, or during that same period, I became friends with Stan Laurel. I met mm. him in his uh, really? apartment on, in, in Santa Monica. Wow. And uh, so I, I, I met him a few times. I went to his funeral. In fact, if you go to YouTube and type in uh, Roby Stan Laurel's funeral, you'll see a little clip of uh, that mm. event. You'll see a very young version of me heading into the, oh, the to cool, the uh, church. So uh, I had all these interests. Uh, always comedy, though, for the mm-hmm. most part. Occasionally, I'll get suckered into a. I did a heart to heart. Yeah, I was, was going to ask you about heart to heart. Yeah, love that show. Yeah, yeah but it was really a. A lot of people love it. I thought it was rather oddball. I mean, that dog <laughs> I think that's why I love no, it. Uh, no Asta. You know, that dog just looked at the camera. Yeah. But it was a popular show. Mm-hmm. And I went to the stage. Oh, so I, I go to the stage while they're shooting my episode of Heart to Heart. It was a Christmas heart. And they were shooting a, a birthday party scene because uh, Christmas yeah. scene. Mm-hmm. And I went up to um, Robert Wagner. And I said, you know, my mother says, always said I look just like you. <laughs> and because uh, of course he was uh, when he was younger he was right. very handsome right and uh really handsome if you look at some of his younger pictures he just looked at me and laughed you know but uh <laughs> I, I told him that <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so all these crazy experiences you know yeah yeah it's it's definitely and, uh, a, a wonderful career in a career that everybody knows but they may not know the person behind that so right, we, i right. do definitely appreciate you coming on and sharing those stories. Oh yeah! With us. Oh yeah! Absolutely, yeah. it's great. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm just another of many writers out there. There are many comedy writers, writers out there, and there's some wonderful writers I know. Mm. Who, believe me, were far better than me. I mean, Arnie Cogan was a hilarious writer. He wrote on Carol Burnett, Gene Parrott, mm. and uh, who wrote from who I was his partner for a while, and he got on the Carol Burnett show. And uh, I learned from everybody, and. Uh, uh, but you, people don't think about the writers for the most part, and um, we're an interesting group of people. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so there it is. I guess that's it for today. I'm sorry <laughs> my pictures didn't work. 
Oh, it's okay. Oh, I mean, no. The story's oh, painted yeah. a wonderful picture. Literally. You know, regardless. Yeah. So, you know, so wonderful. I, I, I would hope at some point we could have you back. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm sure there's you, more. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'll have, a, I'll have the pictures working though. Yeah. There we go. There we go. Great. There we go. We'll do a picture show version. <laughs> I love it. We'll do it. And we'll put your jokes across the bottom. So we'll put your... <laughs> yeah, yes, right, right. Awesome. Well, amazing, uh, Roby, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Yes, thank appreciate you, it so much. But yes, and we'll definitely I had be a lot of in fun. Touch. As did yeah, we. Thanks a lot. So uh, I guess we're going to end this thing now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, sir. <laughs> we'll wrap it up. Yeah. Let's talk some more. You know, when I go to the doctor's office, I'm telling <laughs> jokes to them. When I see a nurse, I say, you know, they're having a sale of uh, downstairs in the cafeteria. They're having a special on um, on um, um, what is it? Uh, of um, of um, of liver and uh, no, no, uh, appendix, grilled appendix and onion. You know, so all the Latin <laughs> nurses laugh at that. <laughs> when they're giving me a blood test, I say, "Did you go to school to learn this, or did you just Google it before I came in?" So they heard all my jokes and they fell up with me. So uh, that's now, now it's the Uber drivers and the Lyft drivers who are my audience. Very, very good. Hey, wherever it yeah. can, uh, you can Thanks get so that joke. <laughs> thank, thank you so thank much. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Have fun.